You're listening to the Morrowology Podcast. It's all about Morrow County, Ohio. I'm really glad I stayed till the end for this one. In the studio today is your hosts, Mike Wilson and Joey Powell. Mike. Wake up. Oh, it's time to start? It is, it is, it is. Episode number 54? Episode number 54, good sir. Yes, we are... uh, We're, we're, well, we're over a year's worth of shows. Yes, we are. And we're over a year old now. Yeah. I mean, we're talking quite well for a year. Yes, we are. Yeah. Um, Hey, so uh, we did something cool last week. No, two weeks ago. Oh, my gosh. It's it's been two weeks ago already. Yes, it has. The uh, Candidates Forum in in, uh, Cardington. That was a pretty good time. First time I had ever moderated something like that. First for me also. And, uh, I mean, I had been a part of one. I had never moderated one, so uh, thank you to everyone who has listened to that podcast about that, and uh, hopefully it helped you make a decision as to whom you would be voting for on May 3rd. Just so you're aware, early voting has commenced, and uh, if you have not signed up to vote yet, guess what? You're too late. Um you can't. Uh, you can always sign up now, and uh, I don't know if they let you do a provisional ballot. Maybe in that instance, um, I think that's the case. But uh, anyway, you're uh, a little late there to register for that election, but that's okay. You know why? Because we have some other stuff coming up on uh, April the twelfth. Which, Mike, man, that is I think Tuesday. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, today's the 10th. Yeah, we're today's Sunday. On the 10th, yes. Yeah, so um, Growing Your Own Food Producing Oasis. That's going to be at uh, Headwaters Outdoor School, or kind of like a school, uh, right behind the Sheriff's Department here on County Road 76 in Mount Gilead, Ohio. It starts at 6 p.m. That looks like it might be a pretty cool thing, and I believe that was a Carrie Jagger event. Uh, it's either Bunkers Miller, Kerry Jagger putting on events in Morrow County. It seems like one of the two. So that is going to be the 12th. And then, uh, so spend some time learning about how to grow and produce your own food there at the, uh, the event at Headwaters on Tuesday and then third or Wednesday night, go to stitch and wine at Bunkers Mill at 6 PM. And I believe that's the first and third Wednesday. Oh, wait a minute. I got that wrong. Um, trivia night is the first and third Wednesday. The second and fourth Wednesday, I believe, is a Stitch and Wine or a, um, some other wine event. So they put something in place there. Uh, but pretty much all the events there start at 6 p.m. Then on um, April 16th from 9 to noon, Mike, do you have clippers or uh, loppers? I do. Like tree loppers? Is this talking about an event on Park Avenue? It sure is, buddy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so why did you have this on one of your shows? Uh, I did. You did? On Focus in Mid-Ohio this morning. Oh, <laughs> on the 10th. Okay, With Tyler so, Butler, yes. Yeah, totally be honest. I did not did not listen to that this morning. But Tyler Butler, I'm sure I knew. I couldn't find where he was involved with it, but I knew he was involved oh, with it somewhere. Oh, of course somewhere. he is, yes. Tyler Butler, uh, I worked with him at Purple Indian. He's a fantastic guy. Um, and a nice beard, too. He's got a really nice full beard. I wish I could <laughs> have had a beard like that. Anyway, on... Um, April the 16th from 9 to noon, I believe that's a Saturday, Forest Restoration Project at Park, Al- Park Avenue Elementary School, teaming up with the Eco Center, they will be taking on the invasive honeysuckle tree 
uh, species that has basically moved in and taken over in that area. This is a great three-acre learning environment for the kids that go to school there. And uh, they'll be, um, be providing teams, but they could use... Um, be providing teams and tools, but they are looking for folks who would be willing to bring their own tools as well, such as a chainsaw, loppers, gloves. gloves. Oh, yes, of course. I mean, that honeysuckle is nasty stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And they want you to uh, come in and help tear out that invasive species uh, so that we can preserve the actual stuff that's supposed to be there that is not invasive. And uh, they'll need um, to build some teams, you know, some cutting teams with the loppers and chainsaws. Uh, you can register for this at register at ecocenterohio.com. And please title any email that you might send them with questions. Title it Park Avenue Forest Restoration. And that uh, hopefully will allow them to get back to you or get that email to the right person. Then on the 20th of April, which is Angela's birthday, the executive director of the Chamber of Commerce, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little history lesson. Okay. Do you know what other famous person was born on April 20th? I'm sure there are many others, but there's one in particular that I tease Angela about. I, I wouldn't have a clue. Adolf Hitler. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Now, can you see why I'm in trouble? Yeah, I can see, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I know she probably doesn't listen, but uh, Maureen Graham from, uh, well, Cardington, Mount Gilead area. She uh, worked at Pirates Cove for a long time, Purple Indian for a long time, uh, and she does uh, um, babysitting, babysitting now. Babysitting now, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, and it's her birthday on Wednesday, or the 20th, Wednesday the 20th as well. Okay. And then, Mike, we have a busy day on April 30th. April thirtieth. Yes, a very busy day. Oh on yes, April 30th. a lot of things going on. I heard. Yeah. So um, there is the Morrow. I'm sorry, Fire Fest 2020, and it's hosted by the Mount Gilead Fire Department, and that starts at 11 a.m. And the cool thing is, they're going to have food, games, uh, bounce houses. They're going to do a movie even in the evening. Uh, they're going to have some fire demos. They'll have some of their fire apparatus out and uh, show some demos. You know, maybe the kiddos can watch them, maybe cut up a car. I don't know if that's uh, what they're doing or not, but I know that they're going to be doing a lot of demo stuff to get uh, information out there, you know, on what they can do because they've got a levy coming up, Mike. Uh, they're uh, pushing to uh, get this levy passed in order to um, be able to continue their ISO 3, which, Mike, I didn't know only like – nine percent or 19 percent one of those two of the fire departments in the nation have that score or higher oh wow and uh we have that right here and you know the mount gilead fire department does more than just the mount gilead uh district or the mount gilead village they actually do a couple townships as well Mm -hmm. uh which actually helps to pay for some of that because they're able to provide those services and the townships pay them and you know, your homeowner's insurance, Mike, is uh, tied to the ISO score I've heard of that. the fire department. Yes, yes. Um, so, you know, that's important. And uh, that's going to be on the 30th. That's uh, going to be um, down at the fire department there at the one municipal. I can't even say that today. Municipal. 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 Yes. Across from the Duke. Okay. okay. That's where they're going to be. Uh, let's see. That's going to start at 11 a.m. Oh, and did I mention they're going to have food trucks? Uh, I knew that. You didn't oh, mention yes. it. Ah, uh, yes. Yes yes, yes. 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 So that's coming up. 
Then also on the 30th, Eco Center is having their Community Earth Day event, and that's um, starting at noon. And literally, Mike, there are way too many activities for me to even mention about what they're having there. I saw something about um, zip lines, and so they're going to have a ton of stuff. So uh, check that out. If you go to their Facebook page, you can find that. And I believe they also have a website that is linked to their Facebook page. And uh, rain, rain barrels, they will be giving away so many rain barrels that have been painted by local artists. Ooh. So, yes. I have a rain barrel. I use it to water my chickens. Wonderful. It is very nice because you don't have to carry water out there. Yes. I hate it when it gets too cold <laughs> yeah. because then I have to carry out gallon jugs. And But I got smart. I put a food safe uh, five-gallon bucket out there and put the little waterers on it oh. and a water heater in it, and it's inside of their coop. It's nice. Yes. But it only holds, you know, like five gallons, and that for 18 chickens will go in, I don't know, th- two, three days. So every two or three days, I'm hauling water out there. But anyway. Uh, and then the chamber. Mike, do you bowl? Not well. Not well. Well, I don't either. <laughs> so your score, are you are you a single, double, or triple-digit bowler? Uh, we're not even going to discuss it. Okay. I usually break 100. Oh, you do? I do. Okay. I do not get anywhere near 250 or 3, I'll tell you that. Uh-huh. Um, but the Chamber is having their Bowling for Businesses event on uh, April the 30th. That's a Saturday. They're looking for five-person teams. There's a registration fee of $250 per team, and there are two sessions for bowling, one at 5 p.m. and one at 8 p.m. There's a gift basket raffle, a 50-50 raffle. There's door prizes and much more. If you're interested in donating any items, please contact Angela Powell at director at morrowchamber.com or call her at 419-946-2821. And uh, the items or baskets that you want to donate, are due by Friday, April 22nd. And so far, some of the sponsors of this event are Cardington Utaka, Consolidated Cooperative, uh, Gump Funeral Services and Gump Monuments, Mara County Hospital, Lubrication Specialist, Open Road Renewables, and of course, Mara Lanes. And, uh, you know, those folks are always out there and supporting um, the thing. And actually, uh, Open Road Renewables, I think, just had a. Um, an event, an open house event type thing uh, last week, I believe, um, which is sounds like that's pretty cool. Um, but this will be a good event. Again, if you're interested, contact Angela, director at morrowchamber.com or call her 419-946-2821. She is still looking for some uh, teams as well as some prizes and such. Uh, you can also register at morrowchamber.com and click on events, and then you can go to Bowling for Business and uh, find it there. And, Mike, i got to tell you, this Chamber um, website, and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a little biased here, but Angela has really added a lot to this. Uh, there's a Business After Hours event. Um, so normally that's for Chamber members only. So if you're interested, they're still taking Chamber members. There's a lot to being a Chamber member, so sometimes... It's uh, a little helpful, you know, that uh, if you're starting a business, maybe somebody can help you out. Say, hey, you know, this is kind of what you need to look at in this area because let's face it, we're not Columbus. You know, we're not. We don't have the amount of people. So how do you draw in the business, right? Well, that's some of that uh, camaraderie that you can build by becoming a chamber member. Uh, And Mar Little Theater uh, at our board offices will be hosting the chamber after hours. 
So that'll be fun. Well, that's another point, not just businesses, but organizations as well. Uh, and individuals. Yes, you can make some uh, great connections that will uh, that'll be very valuable. Yep, and uh, so that's on the 21st. And then on the 19th of April, um, they do a lunch and learn every month. And it looks like um, this lunch and learn is going to be catered by Kathy Gersimoff. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see here. It's going to be at LSI out there on 95, uh, know where that right is. behind McDonald's. So I'm sure you do. Um, let's see here. It's $10 to attend. And again, this is for chamber members. So folks, go out there and become a chamber member today. If you go and click on join, you can find all of the opportunities that you might have. Um and what kind of things they offer. And if you look, member pricing sheet. So, Mike, if you wanted to become a member of the chamber, say a friend of the chamber, it's $75 for the year. Uh, and you get, you know, access to be able to, to do this. If you're a government or charitable organization, such as the Historical Society or Mar Little Theater, your... Um, if you're less than 25 people, then it's $100. If you're more than 25, it's $150. And then if you're, um, you know, industry or, or retail, it goes up from there based on the number of employees that you have. So if you're interested, go to morrowchamber.com uh, so that uh, you can get hooked up with that. And with that being said, Mr. Mike, do you have something you want to share? I have a couple of things, actually. Uh, one, um, again, back at the uh, April 30th, uh, the Morrow County Historical Society is going to celebrate 50 plus two years. 50 plus two, is yeah. that how you're saying it? Yes, because okay. uh, two years ago would, would have been the 50th anniversary, but uh, because of COVID, we haven't been able to celebrate the last two years. So this year... It'll be 50 plus two. And um, we're going to have our annual banquet at the uh, Trinity Nine Methodist Church, April 30th, starting at 1130 a.m. It's $15 per person. Uh, There's a meal with potatoes, vegetables, salad, roll, and dessert, and a choice of chicken or ham loaf. Mm, Ham loaf, I love their ham loaf. As the entree, spatial dietary needs can also be accommodated, and checks can be made to the Morrow County Historical Society and should be mailed to 17 West High Street, that is the History Center, uh, Mount Gilead, 43338, and the deadline for prepaid reservations, which are required in advance, is April 23rd. For more information, you can call 419-946-7264, which would be Phyllis Miller's number, I do believe. Mike, you know the uh, the saying a while ago, and I say well, a couple of years ago, prior to COVID, the busiest restaurant in Morrow County was Trinity United Methodist Church. Oh yeah, that I'm kitchen sure. was yes. being used like six, seven days a week for well, lunches and dinners. People attending this banquet can join in the celebration by bringing an antique or a small group of collectibles for display. Uh, we're hoping that you re- include with that. Um, a card explaining what the display is, maybe the provenance, and uh, that sort of thing. But again, that's on April 30th. And there's another one that I got an email for just the other day, which, Joey, you're probably not uh, privy to this just yet. But this came from Pratt, uh, Pat Druard. Um, I'm going to read it so I don't miss anything. Hi, this is Pat Druard, writing on behalf of the Cardington Civil War Monument Committee. You have received this email because you were one of over 300 volunteers that marched in the 2021 Memorial Day celebration. That would be me. Um, that 
included the uh, rededication of the Civil War Soldiers Monument. Uh, last year's memorial program was perhaps the largest in Cardington's history and was certainly the most meaningful remembrance program that I have ever attended. The committee is now working on the celebration for the 2022 Memorial Day, uh, Monday, May 30th. It decided that it would be appropriate to honor our Vietnam and Vietnam-era veterans with a long-overdue celebration for their sacrifice and service to our nation. To that end, we would like to assemble as large a group of citizens as possible to march in honor of those veterans in a similar fashion to last year's celebration. Who will be honored and in what manner? We plan to seek the names of every local veteran that served in Vietnam and that served in the military from 62 to 75, inclusive. We would certainly welcome those veterans to march at the head of our column of marchers. Those unable to march would be provided transportation in the parade. Then we are asking volunteers like you who would like to honor a Vietnam-era vet, a family member, friend, or acquaintance, whether they resided in the Cardington area or not, to march in the parade. In a fashion similar to last year, placards uh, would be made available to each marcher. Some of those might have names printed on them. Others would be left blank for marchers to write in the names of the person being honored. Um, If you would like, you can contact uh, Troy Ruman, Don Ruman, Diana McClure, Vicki Allum, or Wes Goodman, and you can find all those folks on um, on Facebook as well, um, and let them know that you'd like to be a part of that. So that's coming up, and you know, May thirtieth is not that far away. No, it's we're like, about halfway into uh, April now. Yeah, I this uh, wow, you know, it is really flying. Um, seriously, I this twenty twenty two is going to be over before we know it. Yes, it is. I am utterly amazed. You know, I. I always thought it was crazy when they said, well, you know, you know, as you get older, the years fly faster. And I wonder if it is truly because we compare it to the beginning of our lives and how slow things go for us. That's very true. So anything else there, Micah? That's all I have right now. All right. Well, guess what time it is? Time for the flashback. Flashback. And to what time are you taking us, sir? Well, it's kind of the present time, actually. But did you know that Chesterville... Do you know how many uh, national register properties there are in Chesterville? Uh, No, I have no idea. That's why I'm holding the book like this so you can't read it. Uh, (laughs) There are nine. Nine nine nationally registered properties in Chesterville. Wow. Chesterville alone. Why are they registered? Because they have historic value. Okie dokie. And um, while I'm going to uh, not talk about all of them today, I'm going to talk about some today and some... The following week. So um, this was uh, compiled by Pat Smith Ebersall. You know Pat? I don't think I I think I've met Pat. I don't think I I don't. Number one is the town hall in Chesterville. The township hall came into existence in 1867 with the help of the Independent Order of Odd Fellows, who gave $1,200 towards the building of the second floor to be used as their lodge headquarters. A winding stairway leads to the second floor meeting room and kitchen area. The ceilings on both floors are 15 feet high. The plank bottom chairs are connected in sets of four by a plank board. The drop stage curtain of yesteryear of uh, yesterday sported advertisements for sponsors. 
The present stage curtain has a reproduction drawing of a mill drawn by uh, Benton Macon. The offset eagle above the stage was a trademark of the Hans McCullough woolen uh, mill that was located on the Chickamauga stream. That's a mouthful. The light hanging in the foyer came from the Presbyterian Church. The building was the corner was a center of entertainment for the township. The schools held musicals, plays, and various other programs there. The Farmers Institute was a big yearly event. Family reunions, wedding showers, quilting, or mattress bees were among other events. Traveling vaudeville troops often gave performance for the performances for the community. The last traveling medicine show, the uh, Bartone family, was seen in the late 1940s. The Bartones would come to town in camping trailers, parking them along the highway and spending a week doing their shows. Each evening, a different event would take place, such as the Magic Act, the Butterfly Dancer, and a community drama that included local citizens. The ladies wore sparkly dresses and peddled Bartone salve or liniment and popcorn, while a red-wigged clown named Paducah played honky-tonk piano. That is number one of the nine historic places in Chesterville. Uh, Another one is uh, United Methodist Church. The present United Methodist Church was built in 1851. Its first brick was laid in the northeast corner and the last brick at the peak of the front of the building. The bell was cast in Troy, New York in 1853, made of copper alloy. It is a 33 it is uh, 33 inches in diameter and is so sensitive that it will vibrate and ring with just a tap of the finger. The original structure included a balcony that was later closed. The stained glass windows were added later. Ross Burns crafted the altar rail and the curved stair banisters. Lightning struck the church in 1925. Mr. Ocker, the local hardware owner who lived in the house where the parking lot is now, saw the hit. He ran with a bucket of water to put the fire out in the belfry. The lightning struck the bell tower, traveled to the northwest corner of the building toward the ground, and seemed to jump over the capstone, taking a chunk out of the foundation stone. The indentation can still be seen today. The pendulum from the clock, which hung at the rear of the sanctuary, was found under one of the front seats. The belfry was altered and repaired. The sanctuary is the upper room, An elevator uh, makes the building handicapped accessible. Uh, Another place in Chesterville is the Jarvis House, which was built in 1834 in the Greek Revival style and occupied by Aquila Jarvis. This home at 77 South Portland Street was once the home of Dr. Varney, who practiced medicine in the village from 1900 to 1920. And I think we'll cover one more, and that is the Enos Miles House. Enos, excuse me. Enos Miles built the home at 154 South Portland in 1836. The main part of the home is basically unchanged except for the addition of a fireplace. This would later be the home of Clark and Harriet Lyon Pierce. Clark was a Civil War veteran. Pierce was a local undertaker and furniture store owner. Other residents included the Ralph Waite family, the Justin Waite family, owners of the Squires Tin Shop, 
Benson and Anna Mahan family, a local artist. And as of this writing in 1989, it's presently owned by Richard and Ellie Good. I think I'll stop there and I'll share one more. That is the Bartlett and Gopal store. The Bartlett and Gobel store is located at the southwest corner of South Portland and West Sandusky Streets. William F. Bartlett and Ebenezer Gobel operated a general merchandise store at the location. The building had been used as an undertaker's parlor, furniture store, harness and buggy shop, and grocery store. Hoy Squires and Son and Son Warren operated a roofing business and bought wool, furs, and hides. Today, the second-hand Rose, which is no longer in business, Antiques also uh, occupies the building. I think I'll stop from there, and I'll save the others for next week. Is that because you keep getting tongue-tied? Well, the funny thing is is that I wasn't able to say municipal earlier. Yes, see? So, you know, it happens. What are you going to do, right? Yes. So uh, I have just a few things here um, of some historical things that have happened. Uh, we're going to go back to the oldest one first, 1865. So this was, uh, what was that, about two years after Lincoln was killed? Um, I do believe that is the year that Lincoln was no, killed. He was, yes. I keep yes. thinking 63. It's not 63. Um, anyway, General Robert E. Lee gives final address to the troops after his surrender in 1865, and that actually happened, uh, that date in history, last week. Um, so, let's see here. And then uh, we're going to go to, let's go to 1921. Mike, this is something you might be interested in. What's that? So, in 1921, the first live sporting event broadcast was made on radio. Oh. Yes. And it was a boxing match between Johnny Ray and Johnny Dundee. Can you imagine boxing on radio? No, that would be that's terrible. A, that's about as good Ooh, as. Ooh, he left hooked. Ooh, he right hooked. Ooh. Yeah. That's about as good as NASCAR on radio. <laughs> they made a left turn. Oh, that's a little Jeff Dunham there. Yeah. Uh, that, oh, I'm telling you, that guy's hilarious too. Um, let's see here. So there's 21. Let's go to 1945. What was going on in the world in 1920 or 1945? Well, World War II was going on. Yes. And uh, this is this is something to celebrate right here. Okay. 1945. This week in history, the United States Army liberates Butchenwald concentration camp. Just saying that gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Now, if you've ever um, had the opportunity to see uh, the Diary of Anne Frank, to read the Diary of Anne Frank, um, to visit the live show uh, Diary of Anne Frank, please do so. It is uh, very moving, um, a great story, and um, it uh, is a sad, uh, sad uh, time in history um, as we look back. And there are people that would like to erase those things from our history, but we can't erase them. We have to to keep them in place so that we can learn from them, hopefully not have those things happen in the future. Yeah, we we just can't. We can't. Um if you if you fail to learn from history, you're you're doomed to report uh, to repeat it. Yes. Um so let's see here. Let's go to 1953. This one blew me out of the water. Okay. I was not expecting this one at all. The first color 3d film Mm -hmm. opened in 1953 this week in 1953 
Okay. Do you by chance know what the movie was? Um, was it possibly Invasion of the Body Snatchers? I, I'm going to say close. It was not that movie, but The House of Wax. Oh, and I've seen that. That was the first 3D movie okay. in color. Okay. I, that completely blew me away because I yeah. would not have thought that would have been in 1953. Um, so then let's go to 1961. In New York City, imagine this. Bob Dylan plays his first ever gig. His first ever major gig, I mean. Okay. Okay, in 1961. And nobody can understand our word he sung. No. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Um, 1970. Two big things in 1970 this week. Paul McCartney announces the breakup of the Beatles. Okay. In 1970, as well as Apollo 13 launches to the moon this week. And uh, then that's all that I had. That's all that I got to uh, looking back in historical uh, features other than in uh, 1989, uh, a little girl was born. No, I'm not kidding. I'm I'm kidding. It's actually a week early, but I, she won't listen to this podcast, I don't think. Okay, well, she might. So we'll celebrate Angela a little bit. So on April 20th. In the late 80s, she was born. I won't say what year because I don't want her, I don't want people to know her age because she's funny about that. Yeah, she is funny about that. But did you just say the year? I might have. Okay. I might have. <laughs> Figure it out, folks. <laughs> I might have. Don't worry about it. I might have. Anyway, uh, don't tell her either. Um, also, Cher wins Best Actress Oscar for Moonstruck uh, this week in history as Gypsies, well. Gypsies, tramps, and thieves. We hear from the people from... Oh, Scott, sorry. Wow. I thought I'd share really, that with you. I really need to uh, put a, a share that here. with you. Uh, yes. Yeah, I was trying to ignore that. Uh, <laughs> Tiger Woods also won his first Masters tournament in 1997 in this week as an FYI. And, you know, now his career is pretty much over. I think that accident really did him in the last one he had here. Um, so, yeah, what are you going to do? You know, um, that is it, I think, for the flashback, unless you have something else. I think that's all I have today. All right, here we go. Back to the future. All right, Mike Miss. We have a uh, special today from our friend Donna Carver. And I had a uh, conversation with her this morning. And uh, so we're just going to play this real quick because okay. uh, yeah, this the Williamsport Grange has a wonderful thing going on out there. And uh, uh, listen closely, folks. All right, and our guest today on the podcast is Donna Carver. Donna Carver is. Uh, I believe you're the president of the Williamsport Grange, number 1815. Is that right? That's correct, Joey. All right. So I wanted to have you on to talk about your veteran banner project that you got going on. So tell us a little bit about it, how it came about, and what we need to know about it. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, it came about, <clears throat> excuse me. When I was driving through Galleon in 2018, and I saw their veteran banners, and I noticed that the banner said, sponsored by uh, the Galleon Historical Society. So I called them, 
got all of their information, found out who their vendor was and what their process was. I volunteered to help receive applications that year so I could understand their process just to make things easier for myself and for our group. And the original idea, uh, we decided that in 2019, it was the 100-year anniversary of the dedication of the Morrow County Victory Shaft, um, which honors 29 men who died during World War One. So we decided we would do it around the centennial event where we had the big celebration. So the very first year, uh, we didn't put the banners up until... Uh, fair week. It was like end of August, beginning of September. So we told those individuals that the banners would hang for two years. And I'm glad that we did that because in 2020, COVID hit and we couldn't even get new banners printed. <laughs> um, the original idea was to expand the project um, the next year. Unfortunately, we're finding with the village of Mount Gilead, with the number of employees we have, it's just too much to add any more banners. So we will always be at only 112 banners per year, and the banners will only hang for one year. So tell us a little they bit, will, Donna, about the, the banners. Like, So who gets to go on the banners? Any Morrow County veteran uh, born here, lived here at any time, as long as they were either honorably discharged or, you know, it, it's pretty much anybody that has a connection to Morrow County but they had to have at least lived here at some point, even if it was just for a short while. And they must have been a member of the branch of uh, one of the military? One of the branches of service, yes. Okay. And then, peacetime or conflict time is fine. Okay, that was going to be my next question there. So I know this last Saturday on the 9th, you guys hosted your event uh, as a drive through which I think is pretty cool. One of the things that you came up with for 2021 uh, to be able to do the project was to do a drive through and utilizing the COVID precautions. You guys set up this whole drive through process to be able to get um, registration for the banners and, uh, you know, uh, be able to, you know, take the, the information you needed and then be able to put out the banners. I thought that was pretty cool. And I know you guys just finished that up on the ninth, but I heard from a little birdie that you might actually have a few more banner, um, spaces open. We actually do. I think the cold weather may have kept some folks at home. Yeah, it was kind of nasty. It, it was, you know, fortunately for, for those sponsors wishing to purchase a banner, they didn't have to get out of their car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, unfortunately for the, the volunteers, though, they were out in that. I mean, it, we probably got, what, an inch of snow in about an hour and a half, two hours, I think. It was ridiculous. I know when I got out to the Grange Hall, I had had a table set outside, and it probably had two inches of snow on the top. Oh, it was, yeah, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> That I, I had set them out the night before. I tried to do a lot of it the night before so that when my volunteers get there, um, all they have to do is get into their particular position. There's still a little work to do the morning of, but, um, yeah, it was it was really cold. But I will say um, it wasn't as bad. You know, we're running back and forth to the cars, and there's such an excitement with my group of volunteers. They're so proud and honored to do this for our veterans that we don't really realize we're cold until it's over. Yeah, and then, and then you're frozen to the bone, right? <laughs> yes, but, you know, we had a potluck afterwards and warmed everybody up. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so um, how many banners do you have left? Do you, do you have an idea yet? 
I actually need to go through. I have not gone through what we have left yet. I think um, we have uh, quite a few, maybe 20 or more left. Um, I've had four people reach out to me for a total of maybe six banners. So I still have I still have a number of banners left. Um, so how would somebody go about getting one of those, Donna, if you have for one of the open spots there? Well, they would need to give me a call, 419-560-8100. If I don't answer, leave a message with your phone number and I will call you back. But what we need is a filled out application. I can do that over the phone with someone, but I will need a photo of their veteran, preferably in uniform, but that's not a necessity. Um, I'm finding a lot of folks don't have a photo of their veteran in uniform. But if you have a photo that you'd like to use, that's acceptable. We prefer a good quality photo. Five by seven is the perfect size, but as long as it's a good quality photo, a smaller size will be okay. Um, Then once I have the application, I will have folks, I can either meet them somewhere or they can drop a package off at my house that has the photo and the payment of $48. Um, At this point, it would need to be a check made out to Williamsport Grange, number 1815. We can accept cash, but because my treasurer lives in a different home, <laughs> I don't have our receipts that we were giving out to people paying cash. Okay. So they're going to have to trust me. I can maybe write a note for them. Okay. Um, but once I have the photo and the payment and the application, um, then they're good to go. So um... – the what about the folks that had poster or had um, had these up previously? What do they need to do, Donna, to get maybe their okay. theirs that they had already purchased back or to renewal? Okay, if they want a banner for this year, they do have to purchase a new one. Unfortunately, because the only way I can keep track uh, with our small group is we have numbered applications, and once we run out of those numbered applications, we're done. Um, the banners from last year were taken down at, after Veterans Day last year. They were cleaned. They're currently being stored out of the Grange Hall. And then next month at our monthly Grange meeting, which would be um, the third Saturday in May, from 1030 to noon, we will once again have folks come out to the Grange Hall to pick up their banners. Awesome. Okay. And uh, so, Donna, I want to thank you for this. This is such a, a great project. I mean, it's it's a small thing, but it really has a huge impact. And I can tell you, I I feel, you know, sometimes as you're driving through town, you're, you're thinking about other things, and then other times you get to drive through, and you're like, wow, I know that person's grandkid or great-grandson, or I know that person, you know, uh, because you don't, um, you don't have any requirements as far as like when somebody served or how long they had to have been um, out of the service. So I think there's a few people who might still be in the service that are on the banners. And then there are some, uh, what's the oldest one you had listed? Um, actually, the very first year that we did this, we had a veteran from the War of 1812. The War of 1812. That is amazing. And that's before Morrow County ever became a county. So that was the very first year, but we thought that was appropriate since we were doing the dedication, the reenactment of the dedication of the victory shaft. Um, We have since kind of changed our criteria as we go along. 
we've decided to go from anything after Morrow County became a county in 1848. <laughs> um, and then uh, the first year we did not do, or the first year we did active duty, but we sold out in five minutes and I had 45 on the wait list afterwards. Mm -hmm. So we, so we changed the criteria for last year just to only do veterans. Well, we still had a few banners to sell after our event last year. So we decided, you know what, if folks want to do honor some folks that are currently active duty, let's go ahead and allow them to do that. Our emphasis of course is veterans, but we, but we do want to honor our military um, as a whole. So we could take those as well. All right. So Donna, we're uh, wrapping up here. What is the one last thing you want somebody to know about this project and or the Grange? This project is a labor of love for our group, but we have a lot of people that we need to thank. The village of Mount Gilead um, has worked with me so well on this. Um, they they hang the banners for us. They take the banners down for us. Um, they allow me to use their orange cones on the day we set up. And I just can't thank the street department enough for the work that they do. You know, the first year these went up, I watched these guys in driving rain putting up banners. And they were taking such love and care. They were making sure that banner looked good before they got down out of there, even though they were getting drenched. And I'm just very proud of the Mount Gilead um, Village and the administrator and and the council who have allowed us to do this project. Um, very grateful to Craig Alguire from Photorama and Galleon. Um, Craig only charges what it costs for him to print the banner. He donates all of the labor. That's why we are able to keep the cost at $48. That is awesome. Um, I also, um, the Bonecutter family, they gave us a grant the first year that we did this to purchase additional brackets to hang the banners so that that cost did not have to come out of the sponsor's pocket. And that was a $1,000 grant. So we're very grateful to them. Um, there's awesome. just so many, there's just so many people involved in this process. But our biggest thanks are to our veterans and our military because, you know, I'm standing outside in the cold for a couple of hours. They went through a whole lot more than I did. <laughs> and we just can't thank them enough for their service. And I think I think you're uh, right on the dot there. I think that we tend to take that for granted now. Um, because, you know, we've been lucky. We've not had to see a conflict, uh, you know, and linking this back to Ukraine, uh, what they're seeing right now. Uh, Ukraine wasn't they're, – they're not a, as uh, – um, first world country as we are, but they were well on their way. And to think that, you know, you're sleeping with one eye open, um, you know, and we didn't live, we haven't lived through that. Most of the wars that we had fought were off of our shores other than early on. And, uh, you know, when America became America and I think about mm -hmm. how lucky we are and, and, um, uh, I just want to say thank you, Donna, for doing this project and heading this up. You and your folks out at the Grange. Um, it's it's definitely a worthy project. Next time you're going through Mount Gilead, uh, take a look. It'll be – I think those go up Memorial Day weekend or right before Memorial Day weekend? Uh, no. no. Actually, they will be up for the 4th of July. When COVID okay. hit, Mount Gilead Mayor Jamie Brucker, out of his own pocket, decided to purchase banners for the graduating high school seniors. And they went up at the end of May and stayed up through June, you know, through the kids' graduation. And so 
they would like to continue that project. Therefore, our banners will always go up in time for the 4th of July weekend, barring any unforeseen circumstances. And they will stay up through Veterans Day in November. And then, as I said, once they're taken down, we will take them out to our Grange Hall, clean them, store them for the winter, and then have a day in the spring where sponsors can pick them up. Now, I will call each sponsor. I have all of their phone numbers. I will call and let them know. If someone is unable to pick up their banner on that day, it's not a problem. I will set up a time and a place to meet with them and bring their banner to them. Okay. All right. So uh, on the phone here has been uh, Donna Carver from the Williamport Grange uh, Hall 1815. And she has been talking to us about the 2022 Hometown Hero Veterans Project that they're doing uh, where they bring um, veterans that have lived in Morrow County, born, raised here, born here, moved away, whatever the case may be, as long as they were a uh, member of the service uh, for the United States of America. You can reach her at 419-560-8100. And uh, if you would like... Uh, give her a phone num- a phone call because she has a couple spots left. Donna, if you would stick around here after we uh, end this uh, this section here, I'd like to ask you a few more questions. But uh, folks, if you are interested, please reach out to Donna Carver again. That's four one nine five six zero eight one zero zero. She can uh, get you the information about the Hometown Hero Veterans Banner Project. Thank you, Donna. You're so welcome, Joy. Thanks for having me. So, Mike, that was a little bit about the uh, banners from Donna Carver and uh, the, you know, the great work that the Grange is, is doing there. And uh, I'm sure that by now you have had time to look up some puns of some kind that you, you know feel what? like I have you, show- you did that hasn't even crossed my mind today. Oh my gosh! Oh, I'm, well, we're already 45 minutes in. I'm so slipping. Maybe that's something we have to say for next week. Okay. I mean, we're already 45 minutes in, 46 minutes in. Uh, we want to uh, tell you all, thank you so much for listening uh, and supporting us. Please uh, share our podcasts. Uh, Mike, parting thoughts? Um, none at all. No words of wisdom. Sorry. Oh, never mind. I'm not even going to say what I wanted to say. <laughs> okay. All right, folks. Um, you know, Mike and I, like I said, we appreciate all of you so very much. And uh, we're hoping that uh, you have a fantastic week. Thanks for joining us on the Marology Podcast.